everyone. Welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and today I'm so, so excited to have the beautiful Carla on here with me who is from Wales, is 32 years old, a dog mum, army wife and works in the National Health Service. Now, all HA journeys are special, but I feel like this one is a little bit closer to my heart because we've been working together for quite some time and oh, it's just the coolest journey, Carla. Welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be on the podcast. Yes. I always thought, thought if I ever got my period back, would I ever be able to come on a podcast? And, I, and I'm here. <laughs> oh, and I'm so happy to have you in here. And, you know, it's really cool having quite a few women who have been listening for a while now, then be like, all right, it's me. It's my turn. I've got my period. And um, yes. let's, oh, let's jump into the juicy part. Do you want to maybe share with us first what your training was like when everything was really intense and also a little bit about your nutrition at the time and then we'll kind of filter through to to where you are now sweet lady yeah so um from a very young age from probably the age of 16 I played football all my like growing up all my life so it was kind of in my blood to sort of train and um like be committed to keeping fit and healthy um, but it probably, I, I played football up until the age of about 22, where I kind of lost a bit of weight from overtraining and then just turned to running. Um, so I could do it in my own time alongside like university. Um, I didn't have enough time to do my university work training, football training for the country and football training for my club all at the same time whilst in uni. So I sort of stopped playing football um, and then just turned to running. I could do it in my own time. I think. As the years went on, I started running as a hobby. Then I started doing races, so got a bit more competitive. And then I want, I thought, oh, how can I get a bit quicker? So I thought, oh, if I lose some weight, I'll be a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just snowballed and I lost weight and I got fast. And I thought, if I lose more, more, lose more weight, then I'll get quicker. Um, so I did lose quite a lot of weight at one point. Um, and then obviously started restricting food, um, cutting out the carbs. And it probably got, the worst point was probably started about, four years ago um when I was like in the gym every morning I'd get up at six o'clock when it was dark go to the gym do a two-hour cardio session I would literally run for about 10 miles for about an hour and 15 minutes you'll be usually about a 10 mile run every morning on the on the treadmill putting my music on thinking I used to love it but I don't think I actually loved it now I look back um then I go on the cross trainer um yeah, so we'd have a good two hours, two hour cardio session in the morning, then go to work and hardly have any breakfast, thinking it was it was normal. It was I was being healthy by going to the gym in the morning, mm-hmm. training fasted, you know, being skinny and, and thin. I thought that was, you know, healthy. Mm-hmm. And then I would say when when lockdown happened, the first lockdown, I bought a spin bike. So I thought, oh my God, I can't not exercise. I'm obsessed with exercise. I have to exercise. Um, I bought a spin bike and then every morning again I would get up at six because it was normal for me to do that that was my routine it was just normal for me to get up at six I'd do a 45 minute spin class on Peloton and then I'd go for a 10k run after it and I think I did that probably five six days a week for a good year because I thought well you know that's my exercise I'd go to work again I'd have like the smallest breakfast I used to have like an egg on a piece of toast for breakfast and then not eat till lunch like then I'd have a chicken salad, no carbs. I'd probably have a little snack at three, like hardly anything. And then I'd have my tea in the night and like 
now I realize it's quite a common thing to like keep all your calories for the night and then I used to eat loads in the night and then just feel a bit like bit sick because I've overeaten in the night to compensate for the day mm-hmm. um so yeah that's how I would say about four years ago is when it all started when I left uni and everybody was in this sort of fitness mentality um and I was running races as well it didn't help so I wanted to be fit and healthy and skinny and cut the carbs to be faster in the races um so yeah I was I would say a normal day at that time would probably be a 6am gym session for two hours cardio get showered I was rushing all the time I'd rush to work get to work log on with like brain fog and then have like the smallest breakfast would be like an egg with a piece of toast then lunchtime about one o'clock I'd have a chicken salad or a tuna salad that's just no bread or anything and then with like I just drink loads of coffee mm-hmm. used to fill me up um so I used to drink loads of coffee and I was wondering why I was drinking loads of coffee but now I know why it was just because it was sort of filling me up um and then I'd have sometimes I have a little biscuit about four o'clock sometimes mm-hmm. and I'd be going home and having quite a large normal sized evening meal but I'd probably feel a bit sick most nights because I was overeating and my body's kind of like couldn't handle all the food at once and that went on like every day for about three or four years probably yeah um, but I was and- on the pill the entire time so I don't know when I had actually got HA but yeah, so you, you were saying earlier that you'd been on the pill since you were 18 and then you yeah. finished uni at 22 and that's sort of when all of your training got um, quite intense. But I guess at the same token, back when you were a little bit younger too, you were playing professional sport. You weren't doing sort of like leisurely soccer. You're actually a, a national competitor. Um, yeah. So your training was even, training routine would have been quite intense even as a teenager. So yeah. one might say even back then the added information on how to nourish your body would have been quite helpful but of course you know all these things are starting to come into popularity now that women have gone through all these years without a period of eating disorders and things like that so um but it's interesting to look at it you were quite fit anyway like with the amount of training that you would have been doing as a teenager so when you sort of wanted to just keep fit but do it in your own time there was somewhat of a standard that you already needed to maintain to sort of keep the body that you wanted to keep from playing soccer which would have like I can easily see how you quickly jumped into say two hours of cardio because how long were your sessions for soccer they were about hour and a half two hours so yeah it was just like I was trying to keep it keep it up I guess yeah yeah absolutely through running instead rather than training I actually remember when I played football that I didn't have any food issues. I didn't, I didn't care. I'd come home from football at 10 o'clock in the night and my dad would make me two pieces of cheese and onion on toast. And I just, just eat it without a care in the world. And mm-hmm. kind of like, now I'm like kind of, I would probably say I'm recovered from H, I am recovered from HA now. I don't have like any issues with food anymore. I'm, I feel like I'm back like I was before I went through that little HA yeah um restricted food like sort of period for a couple of years yeah and do you feel like life seems a lot easier since overcoming sort of all the rules and um strict timelines and when to get things done like how's your life changed in that respect from having so much to do on so little fuel to where you are now so like it's so much better I have like more sleep and then I'll get up and just roll downstairs and enjoy a nice breakfast in front of the tv with my dogs and it's just a nice relaxing start to the day. 
I'm not I don't care about like exercising if, if I want to go for a walk I'll go for work walk and if I don't then it's just like yeah whatever. Mm. I won't go for a walk um I can have like random takeaways with my husband he fancied a pizza last night I'd eaten like probably most of my food for the day but I thought why not it's one mm-hmm. one day I'm gonna hit a bit more bit more food um so we had it so it's a lot more relaxed and chilled and I haven't got like it feels like I haven't got 100 tabs open in my brain on the internet <laughs> I've only got like two, maybe two open um so yeah I'm a lot more chilled and like I've gained weight but I actually like the weight I feel more like a woman now I've got boobs and I feel happier like I haven't got no oh I can't have this because I've had that or I've had mm. this if I've had this I can't eat that sort of thing I just I'll just go with the flow no, I think I don't see healthy as being thin anymore. I see healthy as being happy and functioning, yeah, being, functioning properly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because even your motivation to lose weight as well, it wasn't physique focused. It's like obviously you already had somewhat of a physique from the training that you'd been doing, but then it really come from a competitive nature, which was getting faster. And when you were competing at the time, was it pretty? common knowledge that the lighter you are the faster you run like where did all of that start to sink in I think it was just in my own brain to be honest I just thought mm-hmm. well if I lose some weight I am gonna carry so much with me when I run yeah I don't know I just thought oh I maybe I watched like races on tv and thought god they're skinny maybe that's why they're so successful because they're skinny mm-hmm. no because like mm-hmm. I I don't know a whole lot about running but I have heard a few times that they definitely have some control over their weight to aid performance but then it's that fine line of how much weight do you lose before your hormones get affected and then that affects your performance and it's sort of like finding finding that balance and there is quite a few protocols out there now for women to drop weight but keep their performance up and keep their period but again it's all newer stuff that's all starting to come to the surface like at that point in time I think whether you're a bodybuilder um, into recreational fitness a runner a soccer player a pole dancer even it was very much just the smaller you are the better you are there was no actual depth into that thought it was just small is better Um, and it's crazy how once you open your mind up to well maybe that's not true let's question it how much your life changes like how you said you've got you know 100 tabs less than what you did previously like how much more enjoyable is life just because of that that you can actually sit and relax and be calm and be present in the moment and make decisions based on what you actually want to do rather than just like racing around non-stop not knowing that you have a choice yeah I've noticed like even just um I did a lot of meditation and um, mindfulness in HA recovery. So, I've, and I've become a lot more grateful from doing that. And it's made me more relaxed as a person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely a lot more chilled out than I used to be. Yeah. And I guess one thing I was excited to sort of bring to the forefront for our episode today was that you are definitely one woman who has taken on the mindset changes in her stride. Like we had a couple of conversations pointed out a few different things and you just went oh my goodness that makes so much sense to me that's exactly what I'm going to do and it was amazing to watch how empowered you were with the decision changes oh sorry the decision to make changes like it wasn't sort of like oh I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not sure and it could have been that for the past year but by the time we actually connected yeah it was very much like okay this is what I'm struggling with right now we had a chat about it come to a conclusion and then you were just like boom, that's the new plan. And 
I think one of the the biggest breakthroughs that we had was when we started talking about HA and um, like your soccer career. And we kind of made the link that having HA is like having a broken ankle or a broken foot. If you're still playing soccer or you're still racing and you broke a bone in your foot or your ankle, it's a hardcore no for six weeks. Like you're not training. You might be researching plays. You might be researching nutrition or still things to do with the sport, but you're not actively doing what you need to do in order to compete. And as we had that conversation, I remember your face being like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what it is. I just need to take some time off. Um, And then at the time you were still doing 30, no, maybe an hour sessions. You were doing a couple of bodyweight sessions and lightweights. And I think by the end of that call, you were like, look, I might just reduce it down to three 30-minute sessions. And we said, all right, that's your HA protocol. We're going to do three 30-minute sessions and we'll reassess in a couple of weeks. And then I think it was three days later, you're like, I don't know why I'm training on an injury. Like this has got to stop. And then you just went all in and embraced it. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what that shift was like for you? Yeah, so I think it was about a year before I even joined the um, HA program and started chatting to, with yourself. Um, I knew what all in was, I knew what HA was and I knew what I had to do, but I just couldn't get my head around taking that leap of faith, I guess, in, mm-hmm. and being brave and saying, yes, I'm gonna do it. I was fearful of weight gain. I was fearful of what people would say about my weight gain. I think that was my only fear was, I'm gonna get fat and what are people gonna think about me sort of thing. and then. It went on for about a year, um, but the point then I met yourself and, and Claudia um, joined the program and then I I was only doing, I think it was an hour, like three times a week um, with weights in the kitchen. Um, and then after we spoke about training and telling me, okay, think of it like a, um, a you know, if you've broke your leg, you have to, you have to rest. Otherwise you're not, you're not going to get better. And I don't know what it was, but I think because you related it in a way it was sports related and like football related, I just could, it just clicked for me. I think I just was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to get my period back unless I just follow the protocol. So after that, after we spoke, I think I must have done about three sessions where I was going for about 45 minutes. And then I was just like... The more the more sessions I did, the more my brain was like, "Why are you doing this? You don't. You shouldn't be doing this." It was like an, an angel on one shoulder saying, "You know, do it," and the other one was like, "Carly, you really shouldn't be doing this. You know, you're not going to get your period back. You're just going to delay it." And then in the end, I was just like, I went down to like 20 minutes, three days a week, and then I was just, it's, it's just pointless doing this now. It's just <laughs> no point. It's not doing anything for me anymore. So I just, it must have been about a week after we spoke. I was just like, "That's it. I'm going to go all in." Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I think I'm, I think a lot of it was repeating my whys as well. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I want my period back? Well, and that's there was right. so many and whys. Like, and it's just that importance of making the connection of, like, if I've got a new goal, it's why am I doing my old routine to achieve a new exactly, goal? Yeah. It's like we need a new routine, a new protocol to achieve this new goal. And, yeah, I remember having that conversation with you. And I could see the expression on your face that was like, oh, like, of course, that just makes sense. But obviously you weren't quite ready to go all in within that week. But as you said, then the next sessions that followed, you were having that conversation with, like, I guess your disordered self and the yeah. person that you wanted to be, which was, well, no, you've got to, you've got to exercise, you've got to move, you can't not do it. And then you had this other side of you going, 
but this isn't going to help you. Like if you want to achieve your period faster, like you're, as you said, you're delaying it. Like you've got to slow down lady. Um, did you find that those conversations were quite loud in your head and that once you made the decision to stop training, they kind of got washed out quite easily? Or did you feel like you had some of those back and forth conversations for a little while? Um, well, for the year previously, then, yeah, um, it went on for about a year. I knew that I should have just went all in and like carried on training. But after we spoke, it was the voice telling me to stop training was louder than me telling me to train. Hmm. it was like you really shouldn't be doing this you really shouldn't be doing this you want to get your period back why why don't you get your period back repeating your whys and then it was just even when I was doing it my heart wasn't in it hmm. and that I knew then straight away I thought I'm ready for this I'm, I'm ready to just stop exercising and I, I can honestly say a year ago I was probably addicted to exercise two years ago I was in a deep deep like obsessive addicted, addicted to exercise I never thought I always thought I one day if I'll ever be able to like not exercise and it's just like feels like a dream now that I'm not I don't I haven't like exercised but I go for a walk mm. and that's all I do at the moment and I'm happy yeah. doing that I can't if someone said to me go for a run I feel like nah it's all right I'll just stay in the warm <laughs> well that was something interesting you said too and you've mentioned it earlier on the episode but then you know groups we've talks we've had in the group calls where you actually started to witness that you didn't enjoy running as much as you thought you did it was just the habit of I've got to run each day because as soon as you stopped running, you were like, oh, I don't even miss it. And, yeah, you know, I, you know that not, that's not everyone experiences that. Some women stop their training and go, oh, my gosh, every single day I miss it. But in your circumstance, you were like, why was I even doing that? Like, I, I'm so happy to not be doing it. And you even had, um, I think there was a race day as well soon in with you going all in and you went and watched other people race. And that's quite a positive experience for you. And that easily could have been quite difficult. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what that was like? Yeah. So um, 2019, I won the local marathon, um, which is in Newport in Wales. And it was probably when I was, yeah, it was right in the middle of my um, all in. And one of my friends like from London, she said, I'm coming to Newport to run the marathon. I ran with her for Britain. Um, a few years ago in this competition but um yeah she said I'm coming to run Newport will you come and meet me because I haven't seen her for a few years and I was like yeah I'll come down and I actually watched watched her with my husband run run we run watched the race and marathon um we went for pancakes before actually because I was like oh my god I need pancakes um because I was trying to like break all food rules and just eat what I want I went some pancakes so we went for pancakes and then we watched her run she came third um it did feel really strange not running um I was just like oh this is weird but I was so focused and committed to I knew what I had to do to get my period back Mm -hmm. I was just not moved by it at all I was like I know what I need to do I need to stick with it I trained probably hardcore for about 10 years maybe over 10 years of my life it's it's what I can give my body at least a year or two off Mm. I started kept thinking I just thought I've been hammering my body for 10 years you deserve at least two years rest just chill and then yeah it was it was nice she came third and really good catch up and yeah it kind of it didn't move me at all actually it didn't it didn't bother me yeah and I I guess that's where it's so important for women to realize that it's, it's that laser focus that's so important it's like the the focus that you had to maintain the training and diet routines that you had it's a lot of effort 
And if you can rechannel that energy into your HA recovery and literally redirect it, it does become sort of like one lane. It's like, well, this is the goal now. I don't need to worry yeah. about dieting. I don't need to worry about training all the time because I'm more like I'm focusing on getting my period back and I'm going to do everything that I need to to get it back. And whenever I've spoken to you that that's what happened, you just switch lanes and that was your yeah. focus. It's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. This is my goal. I know what I want. It's happening. Um, yeah. And you, you, it was amazing just to, to be a part of your journey on that level because once you did switch lanes, you were just like, boom, I'm going for it. Um, yeah. How long were you all in before your period returned? Uh, it was 32 days. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, right, if I don't get it back by in about four months, then maybe I'll consider like fertility or something, you know, fertility specialist or something. Yeah. 32 days, I was fully, like I literally, you told me the HA protocol. I bought the book, No Period, No What. I listed everything down that I needed to do to get it back. And there's about 10 bullet points that I did. And I made sure I did that every single day for, you know, 32 days. And then it came. I was just like, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah, it was, my life. it was such a quick turnaround. Hey, 32 days. It was like, wow. Um, but the thing is, it's so important for women to realize, like, it took you a time to get to the point where you went all right this is exactly what I'm going to do because I think that can be a misconception sometimes it's like oh you just wake up one morning and it's easy but if you had all these behaviors for years and years sometimes there is that six to 12 months where you are in and out and if you can jump straight into HA recovery all in amazing but if you feel like it's too hard like it's not a reason to give up keep reading about it, keep researching about it, keep listening to podcasts, keep immersing yourself in it until you get yeah. to a point like you did where you went, okay, maybe I'm ready to do this now. Yeah, it took a year, I'd say, just under a year, 11 months. I knew what it was. I knew what I had to do. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I kept reading about it, like listening to podcasts every day. I was reading about it. I knew, I thought, right, this is definitely what I got. I got it. This is me. I've had testing the fertility specialist. They told me what I've got. I just couldn't get my head around. I was fearful of weight gain. I just couldn't get my head in it. And then it wasn't until I committed to the program and spoke to yourself. I think after you spoke, you know, explained to me about training and, you know, realized I had to change what I was doing. I had a new program, I say, to get my period. Then it just clicked. I think I wouldn't have never done it without the support from you and, and Claudia as well. It was just wouldn't have happened, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was the perfect timing. And um, we did say like the HA protocol, didn't we? It was like, okay, well, for to be an incredible runner, we need to follow XYZ steps. To be an incredible soccer player, we've got to follow XYZ steps. And then to get our HA recovery completed, we've got to do XYZ steps. And I think that was a big language shift for you as well. When we, when we said like, this is the protocol, like this is the plan, here's what we're going to do. Um, off the cuff, do you know what some of your dot points were on that list of 10? yeah so it was eat within 30 minutes of waking up so even if I wasn't even hungry I was like downstairs food and it needed to be a big decent breakfast nothing like I used to have like an egg and toast it used to have to be a big bowl of oats with all the toppings protein in it and I absolutely still I still eat it every morning because I'm absolutely obsessed with it (laughs) um I make sure I eat every two to three hours um to make sure your sugar level doesn't drop because it causes stress um even if I wasn't even hungry I was eating every three hours like I'd have my breakfast and at 11 o'clock I'd like right okay what's next I gotta have a snack of some sort 
and I was trying to and another thing was like I was I'd eat the same thing all the time before I'd have a chicken salad for dinner I'd have eggs on toast for breakfast it was the same food over and over and I've been told to vary your food um so I'm making sure every single day I'd have something different if it was a different protein bar then stud protein bar was a different one mm-hmm. or if I wanted a wrap I'd have a different wrap um and one of the one of the big things for me was um including a lot of healthy fats I think I ate avocado nearly every day um yeah. and like flax seeds and porridge my diet went from like zero fat to like 99% of it being a healthy fat um, and how did you feel when you made that uh, change did you notice a, like a feeling within yourself when you started having the fats that you felt a little bit more alert or that you felt like you had a greater capacity to have fun um focus anything like that or did you feel a little bit groggy at the start and then you started to feel better I probably say it was just a bit full like every day I was just eating so much food I was like I just don't want to eat any more food but I knew in order to get my period back I needed to eat the food so I was never hungry for the entire 32 days I was I didn't go hungry once I was probably full and then in the night after my main meal I'd have to have another snack Mm -hmm. I wasn't hungry at all I was stuffed but I knew I had to follow the protocol to get my period back. So I had to eat that snack. Um, I was um, I was sleeping more as well. I was trying to get more sleep, yeah. resting, uh, moving less. So I probably cut my steps down from like 17,000 a day to under 12. Oh, well, I and that was a big a step for you, wasn't it? Because you were using your watch to track your steps. And that was another yeah. big thing. You got rid of the watch. Well, I did get rid of the watch, but I put it back on because I think I was doing, because I was in such a, the same habit every day of doing like 17,000 steps. I was still doing that amount of steps, even with it off. So I had to put my watch on to make sure I was going and to, to like sort of monitor how many I was doing to make sure I was hitting less. Mm. So it took me about a week to figure out where all these steps coming from. Um, yeah. It took me and I figured out a lot of them was in work and I was going for like morning walk. So it took me a week and I thought, right, if I cut this out, this out and this out, I'm going to go down to like under 12 a day. So I, I do wear it every day to make sure I don't go above 12. Well, sometimes yeah. I might. No, but... I, I love that you bring that up because I do believe when it comes to, to exercises, fit watches, calorie counting, like it's not the actual thing that causes eating disorders and HA, it's how we use them. And yeah. sometimes we just lose our path and we use it in a way that's detrimental to our health versus helpful so that's a really good example about how you sort of rip the band-aid in regards to being comfortable without wearing the watch because you were so reliant but then you sort of went oh hang on in order to take it like a step forward no pun intended I kind of need the watch so that I can actually slow down a little bit and I think that's how we can actually use things to our benefit. Like they don't, not everything has to be demonized during HA recovery where, um, you know, exercise, fit watches, calorie counting, all those sorts of things. It's like, if they're used with good intention, they can still actually help us continue to excel forward. So thank you for bringing that up. Cause I think it's really important. Yeah. um, I thought if I carry on doing the same thing every day, like I did with a watch on, then I'm going to be doing the same steps. And I thought I have to start moving as much. I have to you know conserve my energy um so I was what you, I put it back on in the end to make sure I was doing under 12,000 a day and then I still wear it now so I don't want to go over that really to be honest I want to 
there's no need to go over that um unless there's a random day where I go for a, a hike or something I don't know but yeah I still I still wear it now the only other thing I was doing was a lot of meditation and yoga um as a replacement for the exercise mm. um which is a lot slower and then also taking supplements as well um so they were all the things I mean I've written down every day and I had like I'm on my phone my on my wallpaper on my phone I even had like um you know keep going like a, a sentence like keep going girl why are you doing this um you want your period you want future you want family and and seeing that every day as well like kept reminding me every time I went on my phone it was reminding me you know why are you doing this keep going keep going mm -hmm. those days where I was just so full it was hard I did it for six sometimes but yeah. Jesus like I'm so glad I did it now it's the best thing just keep powering through it was obviously what I needed I had no hunger signals at all um which was really hard because I thought well if I'm not hungry then I don't need this but mm. clearly I just lost all hunger signals from obviously the eating patterns I had before so yeah, yeah I kept going I'm glad I, I I kept sticking to it well yeah a couple of things you brought up too it's like when you were running a lot and doing heaps of cardio and you said you barely had any breakfast you're living off coffee you know that much cardio reduces our hunger signals because our body's so stressed yeah. out so you'd sit there and have your egg on toast and at that point in time you probably felt okay like yeah that was enough and then you'd have your cup of coffee which would pep you up again and you'd go well I don't need food because I feel pepped up and yeah I guess in hindsight do you feel like now that you know what it's like to be fueled, like you've actually got a full stomach, you've had rest, you know what your body feels like to be comfortable. Do you look back now and feel like you were running on adrenaline the whole time, but you kind of thought you were just this fit, excited girl. And it turns out that, oh my goodness, no, I was literally all adrenaline. Yeah. I was probably like a meerkat wired completely <laughs> every day, all day. Yeah. I was literally a hundred miles an hour, even my work. I was my boss at the time was like you you work so fast you know I, I was just rushing I'd get up rush the gym rush in the shower rush to work rush my work mm. everything was just a mad rush to be honest and it was just yeah. constantly like I couldn't sit down like mm. even my husband used to say to me oh every weekend you want to do something you want to go somewhere and go shopping or you can't just sit down and now I can just seem to sit I'm happy just to sit in the house and just watch tv with the dogs and just chill um yeah. so yeah definitely like and you're right with the food when I was used to go running I it, it does take you off your appetite I think if you mm -hmm. exercise um which is mad because it's when you need to eat the most um, yeah so yeah, yeah absolutely. definitely running off adrenaline yeah because if you think about all the the calorie expenditure and I know there's so many variations to calories and whatnot but as a whole if we were to look at your watch after doing a two-hour run the calorie burn would have been insane like so much yeah. And then to think that you've had a basic egg on toast, a cup of coffee, a salad with no carbs, no rice, no nothing, and then a decent sized dinner. It's like even all those meals together would barely cover what you needed for just the run, let alone the day that followed afterwards. I um, I did actually wear my same watch to the gym at the time. I used to burn about 2,000 active calories a day um like combined calories about 2000 and I was probably eating about a thousand five a day less than that probably so yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy and I knew it? I was super lucky I think I've eaten like 500 calories less than my watch telling me and that's probably not even accurate yeah well that's the thing and the watches aren't that accurate but when you used to look down and think that 
and see that, that you were 500 less. Did you used to feel good about it? Or was there some yeah. part of you that went, I should probably eat more? Yeah. I'd be like, oh yes, I'm under my calories. Yeah. 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 I used to be the um, same when I was training all the time as well. It was like, if I was, because obviously I always wanted to be under, like, let's not pretend, but if there was a dramatic, like, let's say I got busy at work and I missed um, my lunch or I missed my dinner and no, let's say dinner as an example, and I was close to going to bed anyway, it's like, oh, I'll just go to bed because then I'm an extra 300 under. And yeah. there was never that like, oh, maybe you'll sleep better if you've got a full stomach. Like um, you suffer from insomnia. Why do you think you can't sleep? Because you're hungry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just be like, oh, an opportunity to be even less. Let's, let's take it. Yeah. Knowing what you know now and how to fuel your body adequately, if you were to slingshot yourself forward into your back to running because you want to do a marathon again, right? But you've got the knowledge of fueling and everything. If you were to look at your watch, and see 2000 calories and you were to know that you were 500 under what do you think would go through your mind oh my god I'd be like eat girl you need to eat you're, you're running on empty like literally if I ever trained again I would be completely different I probably wouldn't even train that often mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm I would say I'm a little bit fearful of training again because I feel so healthy now mm-hmm. I probably would be a bit like oh I don't want to lose my period again yeah. and that's that's a very common emotion around it especially because you work so hard to get it back yeah I would like be it, like, it feels very precious yeah um I don't know I think if I ever did train again I would be you know making sure I have breakfast and a snack before I do anything mm-hmm. to make sure I got enough fuel in me um and then I'd be making sure I'm eating straight away after yeah um and probably eating even more than I would do now because now I'm eating loads and I'm not doing anything really, I'm just walking. So if mm-hmm. my body needs this amount, just walk it. And then what does it need if I need if I'm going for a run? Yeah. Like, and it's mind-blowing yeah. too once you start to connect those dots. I look back and think about how there was, oh gosh, I was maybe on a thousand calories a day or something like that. And I would be training two to three hours a day, mixed methods, like some hit, some strength training. But then I would be a personal trainer all day. So I was always using energy to lift up weights and spot clients and all that sort of thing. And I look back now and think, like, what? in the world were you thinking that 1200 was a good idea or 1000 was a good idea or intermittent fasting so you only had two meals was a good idea and at that point in time you really think you're making good decisions and I just want to make that clear to anyone who's listening who is like is aware they've got HA, but they're not ready to make any changes. They're probably going, but I'm healthy. I eat salads. I go for runs. I do my strength training, that it's very common to think that you're doing everything right. And it's just like, oh, it's a crappy period. But it's not until you start to make the changes and allow yourself to learn what you need to, that you start to go, oh, wow. Like I needed to eat more. I needed to rest more. And what I thought felt good actually isn't good at all like do you feel when you go to bed of a night as an example that you actually feel relaxed that your body feels in a good condition versus going to bed and perhaps being achy and like tingling and has anything like that changed I sleep so much better now um that I like before I would wouldn't sleep very much well I would but it wouldn't be very quality but now I go to sleep and I feel like I've been knocked out. I'd only wake up maybe once every other day for a wee in the night. Like before I was up four or five times a night on the toilet, 
you know, going to the loo. That's so um, distracting. Yeah. Because I know Um, that's a common symptom, but it's not like, uh, not everybody recognizes it. Um, But yeah, to get up and go to the bathroom four or five times, my goodness. Yeah. And then my sleep wouldn't be very good because I was waking up all the time. Mm. Um, But yeah, I I go to bed like almost, well, I would say immediately, not full, but nicely full every night. Feel quite settled and happy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Did you notice that your coffee consumption dropped as you started eating real food? I mean, real food as in like, obviously you're always eating real food, but as in you started to eat to suit the HA protocol. So you weren't going to coffee for energy. You were like, oh no, it's been two, three hours. I'm due to have a snack. Did the, did your coffee consumption kind of drop off by itself or did you intentionally drop it? What, what happened with that? Um, so I was drinking like before I joined the program, I was having like five or six cups a day with like two sugars in each. Like that's a lot of empty calories, I would say, just like two sugars, probably not very good for you. It's not very nutritious. Um, but I've managed to turn to um, sweeteners and these toffee drops you can get offline, like sweeten your drink, this mm-hmm. sweet, um, like sweeteners. So I was, I was drinking about five or six cups a day when I first did the HA. Uh, before I started the protocol and then when I went all in eating the 2500 a day I was just so full I couldn't stomach that much coffee Mm -hmm. Um, I think I went to like five cups a day then it was four four for a while because of just like the habit of drinking it yeah absolutely yeah and then yeah like sometimes I was just like oh I just can't stomach it it's just so because I was actually eating nutritious food Mm -hmm. my body just didn't want didn't it because they would just bloat me and make me yeah. feel really bloated and uncomfortable so I was probably down to about three cups towards the end so I just didn't fancy it mm-hmm. uh, I don't drink it at all anymore just drink water just crazy yeah, and but that's where the like our brains and our bodies are so clever though aren't they it's like you started eating more and more and then naturally you're like oh like I just don't need it it wasn't even necessarily mm-hmm. I don't want it it's just I don't I don't, I don't need this right now and did you, I, I'm not sure, Carla, I think I spoke to you about this. I'm not sure. But um, sometimes even just witnessing what it is about the coffee that we enjoy, like, is it literally the pick me up? Do you really need food? Or is it just the idea that if you sit down with a cup of coffee, you've got five minutes to just sit by yourself. Yeah. For the most part, no one will talk to you if you're at work or like you've got your little bubble for five minutes. And then you can go, okay, well, am I actually craving the coffee or am I just craving five minutes to myself? And then so many people start to go, oh, hold on, I'm craving the environment that comes with the coffee. And just by witnessing that, a lot of people drop their coffee reduction and it happens with people that are that are smokers, that um, you can even say like food addicts on the other side of the fence, like they're always eating. And that's why, because when they're eating, everybody leaves them alone. Like there's little things that kick in. Did I have that chat with you? You did, yeah. You yeah. brought my awareness to why I was drinking coffee. And it was because literally I just wanted my little five minutes in front of the TV, my little chill time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just made me more aware that that's the only reason I was drinking coffee. I can have that chill time with a cup, of, you know, a glass of water or something else. Mm. Um, so yeah it was really interesting you did make me bring my brought my awareness to my thoughts so much more especially with the crazy monkey idea that you mentioned um yes. and becoming more aware of like I remember like it was 
after I got my period back, I had a protein bar and I had another protein bar before. And I went to look at the back of it and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? You don't need to be looking at the calories and let's just eat it. Yeah. And I just did. And you break, you made me aware of that's a, that's a disordered behavior or disordered thoughts. You know, I made me aware of it. Stop. Mm. It's not what you need to be doing. Like, and becoming aware of what's disordered and what's not definitely helped as well. Well, it um, gives you your power back. Hey, it's like if you can witness where the disorder is kicking in, then you have the opportunity to go, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that today. Or you can still say yes, but at least you can witness how often it's happening. Because like some yeah. things you can change fairly quickly and some things take time. So as that example that you used in that moment, you were able to go, whoa, no, 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 no. We're not doing that today. That's a solid no. I'm just going to eat the bar, move on. But let's say yeah. you're in a different position. It could have just been like, oh my gosh, this is the fifth bar. Like this is the fifth label I've looked at today. Tomorrow I'm making a deal with myself. I'm only looking at four. And then you can still move forward. And yeah. so no matter what stage you're at, having that awareness is always going to help you shift forward, whether it be just an absolute no, not doing this, or okay, how can I be a little bit better tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. It, it helped me so much. I'm just trying to think of other examples of when I became aware. I think, oh, I can't remember what happened one day, but I had a really bad, bad, bad image day, but it wasn't, it was something else. I was stressed out about something else. I think I'd had an argument with my husband or something. I think, I don't know if I can remember speaking to you about it, but I had a really bad day. And then I think that was, night- might've gone away. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to remember, but I think it wasn't, I had only had a bad body body image day. It wasn't because I had a bad body body image day. It was because like other things, other stresses are going on in in my life that that brought that on, if that makes sense. I think if there's, if you're ever having like a bad day with HA, I think you need to look at, well, why suddenly today am I having this bad day? What's brought this on? It's not just you know it's put, there's other reasons usually what's causing it to happen I don't know if I explained that very well but no no you did perfectly so like it literally is it's so easy for us to blame our body for something rather than fix whatever's actually upsetting us so it could be you've had an argument with your partner you've had an argument with a colleague at work maybe plans got cancelled and you're just disappointed. Like it it could be anything, but for the most part, it's somewhat of a negative emotion. And rather than actually face the person, face the event, face the occasion and go, okay, I'm unhappy because of this. Let's talk about it. Or, okay, because of this stressful situation, I need to make changes. Like I need to change something so that I feel okay. We just look in the mirror and go, oh, you're disgusting. Because it's easier and for the moments that we're sitting there looking in the mirror, hating ourselves or pinching our fat or looking at our arms or doing all those sorts of things that we do, we're not thinking about the real problem, which is all yeah. the things I just listed before. And if, as you said, it's like, if you can go, well, yesterday was a pretty good day. Today's crap. Like my body hasn't changed that much in 24 hours. And if you can sort of bring, again, your awareness to that fact and go, well, I haven't actually changed that much in 24 hours. What's actually wrong? What is the problem? You'll always notice there's emotional connection to the bad body image days. It's hardly ever your actual body. Our bodies, man, (laughs) they cop it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you find most difficult about going all in? Um, The fear of the unknown, I'd say. 
um you just assume you're going to like get roles and you're going to get massive I just had this vision ahead of just going to get really big and what's people going to think like I'm the runner everyone sees me as a runner everybody still says to me now you mean for a run I'm like I'm going to run for like a year <laughs> <laughs> but I think people just assume that um like they just give you like that sort of um I, I can't think what the word is but um yeah oh, I was just, your label like, that's who they see you as yeah. yeah yeah I was just fearful of like gaining weight and what people would think of me that was probably my my main um work like oh my god oh my god sort of thing and then yeah I just that was probably my main issue yeah but then after writing down my whys I kind of kept repeating those and they kind of started to overrule those fears and yeah just taking that leap and not knowing how long it was going to take me like I was just assuming it's going to take about four or five months easy of all that food I was thinking oh my god I'm gonna get huge like mm-hmm. but I don't know I just thought well my time's running out now I just want to I just need to do this because otherwise if I just don't do it now I've been a, a year in limbo like half mm. given you know dipping my toes into recovery if I don't commit now then it's just never going to happen yeah and sometimes um, it is that ripping the band-aid isn't it it's like enough's enough you've just got to do it um yeah but I like how you you know with the timeline side of things I think you know because we're all afraid of weight gain and sort of that elephant syndrome we always think we're going to look like an elephant and that everyone's going to see us as one and they're going to think we've lost respect for ourselves and our discipline and all these sorts of things and for the most part everything that we tell ourselves in that mindset is is wrong like it's incorrect people don't think that way of us um but how you sort of said to yourself all right you've got six months of this or sorry I think you said four or five months of this because the the evidence suggests that if you do go all in for the most part, women are recovered at six months, right? Obviously some can be 32 days like yourself. Others can take the full six months, but there's not a lot to suggest that if someone's all in, it would take longer than six months. And it's actually quite a strategic method to just anticipate six, right? It's going to take six months. It's going to take six months. I've just got to put in the effort for six months, just as you would if you had a race day, a bodybuilding competition, anything at all it's like here's a plan six months and of course if your period comes earlier fantastic like yeah no worries but at least if it takes the full six months you're not disappointed in the progress either because it's yeah, like no so I know it's going to take a while I know it's going to take a while it's going to be six months da, 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 da. um did you find that sort of expecting a long process kind of helped you power through because it's like one more day, one more day, let's go. Yeah, I think every day I kind of had my 10 things in front of me that, you know, the things I mentioned earlier about eating every three hours, eating this certain types of food, eating my supplements, reducing my steps. Every day I was like, right, I'm going to hit these tasks every day. I didn't think of like the long term. I should like focus on these tasks every day. Right, have I eaten my three three hours a day? Yes. Have I eaten my healthy fats a day? Yes. Have I eaten my supplements a day? Yes. Have I done my under, under 12K steps a day? I've done I just made sure that every single day I hit those box I tick my boxes and I thought if I keep doing this every day every day it's going to be consistent mm-hmm. my body's going to feel safe because it's having the same you know yeah. same routine every day it's gonna have a decent amount of food every day and it worked I guess I guess seeing taking every day one day at a time just yeah. focusing on daily goals I think they all built up and I think a lot of it is to do with consistency as well yeah no, but as you as well, said that that tick side of things too is so powerful because rather yeah. than getting the ticks from training and eating as little as possible and running around like a 
shook with no head. It's like, no, no, no. I feel good about doing these 10 things. So every single day you weren't going to bed going like, oh, I didn't run. I ate too much. You're going to bed going, oh, I did under my 12,000 steps. I ate breakfast within half an hour. I had snacks. So you're sitting there overnight going, oh, I did such a good job. Yeah. Which is where the strength comes from to keep going. So you doing that every single day is so powerful. And I highly encourage anybody else to do it um, because it is, it's a wonderful way to just be like, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, definitely. Combined in with my whys, why am I doing this? Every single day I ripped down my whys and on my phone, I had them in front of me every time I'm on my phone, like, come on girl, keep going. You can do this. You're capable. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to get it back. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it takes me six months, it's going to come back. Like, I am going to do this. I seen all these people on Instagram and Facebook getting their periods back. But if they can do it, I can do it. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Every day I was like, come on, another day, get your t- box ticked. You know, keep your steps down. You've eaten this, done that, right? Next day, do it again, do it again. I was like, it's going to come soon, it's going to happen. But I honestly didn't think it was going to be that quick, to be honest. But So yeah, I was very happy. <laughs> Over oh, the moon, course, I would probably say I've gained course. more. I've definitely gained more tears dancing. (laughs) I am. I've actually. I've probably gained more weight after my first period. I've gained. I was like, oh my god, okay, I've got my period back, but I don't want to lose it now. I want to put a little bit on just in case. Want a little bit more on? You never know. So uh, I've I've put probably. I don't even know. I don't weigh anymore. I think that was a big thing for me was getting rid of the scales. Well, that was massive. I was addicted to the scales. Um, I don't even know how much I weigh anymore. My husband does, but. I probably, I would probably, knowing my body, I've probably gained an extra two or three pounds probably since my first period. So I want to make sure my body is safe, safe, not just safe. Well, no, and, and that's right. It's like, just because you get that first period doesn't mean it's over yet. Like you really do need to honor the process for a good three periods. And then yeah. you can start to go, all right, can I start to eat a little bit more intuitively? Can I start to add in some movement if I want to? Because obviously you never have to um, and kind of readdress everything. But you are absolutely doing the best thing by just doing exactly what you're doing and not changing a thing. Because obviously it's working. Your body's happy. It's healthy. It's safe. It's enjoying the process. So like literally, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Just keep doing everything as is. Those other periods will come and then then you just keep reassessing and it's like okay well what's optimal for me now and then that's a whole new journey in itself yeah I think it was really hard after I got my period I was like right you know what you need to do Carla you need to keep doing exactly the same it's obviously work so just keep doing it keep doing it and it'll be fine and I kept doing it and everything was fine (laughs) so yeah that was really important to keep just exactly what I was doing before I didn't change a thing I think secretly deep down I was thinking oh I'd love to not eat this amount of food anymore but (laughs) I yeah. just not. I was like, totally. But it's need such a short-term thing, though. It's like you know the discomfort and bloating and things like that that you've got for a couple of months. You know, it's not going to be there forever. Like your body's going to calm down. You're going to get regular cycles. Um, like literally everything's going to be okay. And how you said earlier with the racing, like you've smashed your body for ten years. I'm allowed to keep take a year or two off or as long yeah. as I want off. And it's the same thing with the food. It's like oh, I've dieted for so long. I'm allowed to just chill out for six 12 months like it's okay and then again you've always got the power to choose you can move on to do whatever you want but it sounds like your HA recovery journey thus far has been a very helpful beneficial empowering positive experience for you 
definitely yeah um I can now have kids hopefully um I can be more chill I can be more social I can just go for random takeaways um yeah my whole mindset has changed around food I don't really care anymore I don't see food as bad or good anymore really I try to eat nutritiously like I'll try and eat my salmon and but I still have my pizzas and my burgers um I just try and keep it balanced really um but yeah I would definitely say I'm just like over it now like it's like old school now yeah (laughs) it's crazy to think at one point how restricted rigid through all these food rules I had and again when right when I wrote them down you're not aware of them until you write them down I was like bloody I got all these 10 but 10 food rules I didn't even realize I had them I was like this is crazy I need to stop this yeah um so that helps big time in my recovery Uh, but I would probably say I don't have any of them anymore (laughs) which is nice yeah absolutely and I guess we'll wrap things up since I know it's quite late where you are right now um but when you're living the life of the food rules and all the training it feels impossible to live differently but now that you're living differently do you almost feel like it would be impossible to live the way that you did like if I was to say to you tomorrow Carla back to the old diet two hours of cardio let's go girl would you be like piss off <laughs> or yeah. would you be like oh absolutely let's go <laughs> um I would never ever go back to how I used to be even if I did start training again I'd probably only do it like it's a sensible amount like I'd go maybe like three times a week for like 20 minutes that's like enough that's all you need like before I'd be like what's 20 minutes that's that's nothing I could do that my eyes closed <laughs> and it used to baffle me why people used to run 5k I'd be like what what's the point of running 5k it's like something worth running that but now I'm like actually yeah that's actually a normal run like that's all you need yeah. to be fit is you know maybe a, a walk or a couple of walks and yeah I wouldn't yeah I would never train ever in a million years train like I used to train it's just mm. insane I'd never ever go back to anything like that I just yeah. wish I could see that before but so it was e- easy to say that isn't it yeah it is I just I find it so incredible because pretty much every woman that I speak to who's gone through HA eating disorder recovery it's like it's very much that in the core of it it feels like you could never live any other way because it's like this is this is my life this is what I do this is how I do it and then you finally get to see what life's like on the other side and you think the exact same thing about the way you used to it's like oh I could never go back to that and I don't want to like I I'm happy here I like doing what I'm doing and as you beautifully said it's like if you did want to go back to exercise your idea of what's reasonable is so different yeah big time yeah I just yeah it's just mad you just just opened your eyes doesn't it to what yeah what actually healthy is is not being skinny and thin and not eating anything which is what is kind of like advertising the media and all that and these fitness programs and all that detoxes it doesn't help with the media but now I'm on the other side Mm-hmm. I feel more empowered I got more power now to make I, I'm sort of like I'm in control now rather than it contr- the exercise controlling yes. me I'm the one controlling it now yeah like and that's exactly I want to how go, it should be yeah just yeah it's just a massive like massive mindset change yeah. I'm so glad I did it that's it's like the best thing I've ever done I just want to quickly tell a story and then we'll we'll wrap things up because I've loved speaking with you, but I'm also want you to get to bed because it's late. <laughs> but um, just what you said about in the media and magazines, I watched a quick little interview with, oh, what's her name? She's in Pitch Perfect, Reba. Reba. Yeah, I know about. I don't know yeah, her name. Yeah, she's an Aussie actress, 
but she was saying um so she was obviously a bigger woman like the character of her in pitch perfect is fat amy and um but she's always been incredibly confident being a bigger body never had any issues with it and then she started going through fertility treatments she's currently 41 and the doctor said to her it would be beneficial for your fertility treatments if you get healthier didn't set a weight target didn't do anything but she sort of went, well, I really want to have a baby, so I'm going to get healthier. And when she was getting healthier, she started to notice that um, she was doing a lot of emotional eating, like she'd sit and eat a tub of ice cream overnight, and it was to distract herself from thinking things that had happened in the past. So it was a very transformative process for her. And as a result, she lost weight. And she was saying how I think she won an Academy Award or like a really prestigious award and it's not often that women get those sorts of awards and she won one and she said and no one knows about it like unless you watch the award ceremony you would not know a thing and it's one of the best things she ever did in her life was achieve that award and she goes but then I lose a couple of kilos and I am on every single magazine she's like I have got no idea what the fascination is with weight loss she goes people gain weight and lose weight all the time and yet somehow that's all they want spilled on magazines. And I just found it so interesting. So it's like, yeah, she did something so incredible, like win an award. And I, I didn't even know about it. I definitely know about her weight loss. It was everywhere. It was on Instagram. It was on magazine covers. It was everything. And it's like, gosh, so many of our magazines, literally that's the cover. It's it's a weight loss journey or, or it's demonizing someone who gained a little bit of weight. And, oh, goodness, our, our media, I think, needs to... Yeah, a bit of a reform <laughs> it does definitely I don't think it helps when people edit pictures as well and put them on the internet it's, it's, yeah it's not good especially for young younger people well yeah if you think back to sort of our generation when we were teenagers at most you'd maybe buy a fitness magazine right and it would be one edition a month so you'd have 50 pages to look at for the month but that was it where now, yeah. and that was enough to sometimes trigger other things. But now with magazines, which probably no one buys anymore, but Instagram where it's like a thousand photos every minute. Oh, yes, yeah. it doesn't help. I think Instagram isn't very good. Um, if you, you can use it, I suppose, in a good way and you could, again, like fitness watches, you can use it in a bad way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't get, I, I unfollowed everyone like fitness wise when I was in the HA recovery that helped. Another thing I did was unfollow anyone that was promoting like weight loss or yeah because it feels like a tease doesn't it because it's like you're honoring your mm. process but some part of you wants to do the challenge or the shred or the you know the clean eating challenge yeah. and deleting those the accounts only, it's like it's not serving me right now the only one thing um I did find hard in HA which I thought was going to be a problem but obviously it wasn't was I was become obsessive with recovery like every mm. day I'd wake up I'd go on my phone it was HA this HA that what someone's were doing to get their period back or HA group like it was just yeah. HA was just all I thought about constantly for probably a year and then when I was committed to all in it was everywhere every day and I was at one point I was just a bit like I just need to get away from I was just obsessed with it like Mm-hmm. it was just everywhere so all I thought about right, when's my next snack what am I having today let's plan my let's plan my snacks to work let's prep my meal what am I going to take for lunch it was just constantly like more on my ear and I was thinking this is probably not really good for me but I don't know whether that's because I'm just so committed 
Well, it can go two ways because it's like you're, you're consciously making decisions every day to honor HA recovery. So the decision is attached to that goal. So it's like you choosing to eat a wrap instead of a salad for lunch is because of HA. So it's like HA bing. And then all of a sudden you're full, but you've got to eat. And it's like, oh, but I don't want to eat. I'm full, but you've got HA recovery bing. So it comes up all the time. Mm. So it definitely makes sense that it will pop up literally all throughout the day because you're consciously making decisions motivated by that. Um, But I definitely think HA recovery groups and Facebook pages and all that are incredibly helpful and powerful, but definitely as with any kind of form of social media, it needs to be moderated because if you're sitting there scrolling, reading everybody's HA recovery journey, it doesn't necessarily help you with yours. It could make you feel bad about it. It could make you feel like it's not working for you. It could make you feel hopeful. It could go any kind of direction. But at the same token, if you're sitting there scrolling for an hour for any topic, I just feel like there's probably something better you could be doing, even if that better is reading No Period Now What or like an actual book. But um, definitely being mindful of social media presence is so important so so important it did help me get it back like I watched a girl on there how she got his back within three months and I just thought if she's done it she can do it I can do it so in a way it did help but then in another way I was just like oh it's everywhere I need to just have a break from HA recovery so yeah yeah, I guess yeah monitor it yeah and I think that's because I know I definitely had the obsessive times where it was like non-stop reading reading scrolling reading all that sort of thing. And then I'd have a couple of weeks at a time. And this was obviously in that quasi recovery phase. Um, And then it was sort of like, oh gosh, I just need to not look for a week. I'm still going to apply the food and the resting and things like that, but I just need to not be scrolling or reading HA stories or posts, or I just, I just need a break. So if you, anyone listening who feels like they just need a rest, just, just like anything else, if you need rest, you should rest. definitely you are sharing your journey on instagram do you want to share with our listeners what your instagram handle is because if anyone wants to reach out and have a chat with you they can jump online and have a chat yeah it is um ha recovery journey um yeah that's it on instagram yeah so i'll pop that in the show notes and then if anyone wants to reach out and have a chat with you about it, because I'm sure there'll be quite a few questions that are popping up. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your incredible journey. And we are obviously going to stay up to date in regards to all that entails for future periods and how you progress to the next stages. Because we've had the first one and then it's sort of what happens next. But thank you so much for coming on, sharing your journey and your experiences. And I guess what really helped you most throughout your HR recovery journey? Um, I would say the support from yourself and um, Claudia as well. He was constantly there. If I had a query, like I remember the one query was like, do I eat what I want or do I eat what I think I should eat? I remember that was one of the first queries. I was like, I know I should be eating like avocado, but I actually want a bowl of cereal. I remember you just said to me, like, just eat what you want. There are no rules anymore. And I think the support of you, of you was um, phenomenal, along with the whys. I kept repeating my whys all the time. Um, and then the HA protocol, like, knowing exactly what I have to do to get it back and, like, understanding your mindset, like, and how to become aware of, like, your disordered thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a combination of things that, like, help. Yeah, it's like so many things. I could list them all down. 
including yeah. like the things I mentioned earlier but yeah definitely my wise the community and, and the support that you got like all the time I felt like it was always someone to talk to like you can't really I can't really none of my friends I couldn't tell my friends but I did tell my friends but they just don't understand because mm. it's just they got a period they're just like yeah it's just a period like, yeah yeah no but that is it's what it's like they're like yeah it shows up every month and it's like yeah for you <laughs> yeah and they're like oh I hate I can't believe I'm on this month I'm like the one point I was just like you like you don't even realize how lucky you are <laughs> yeah no it's hard they're hard conversations sometimes and then they turn around and go oh well, you're lucky you don't get it and it's like oh not really I'm really trying to get it <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely the support um my whys understanding my food rules and then the mindset and understanding like what the sort of thought is was definitely probably the main things and yeah of how I got it back I would say well Claudia and I have absolutely loved being with you all along this journey and we're so excited about everything that is yet to come and um I will link your Instagram in the show notes and again thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many knowledge points on how to get through HA recovery and how to really take it in your stride rather than just have this force of resistance with every single decision. I'm sure all of our listeners are going to have enjoyed the last hour of us together. Thank you so much for having me. It's been like amazing. I remember thinking if I ever get it back, I'd love to be on a podcast and here I am, I guess. So yeah, yeah. thank you so much. It's been fun. You've smashed it. No, you're <laughs> absolutely amazing. You're, it's so good. I'm so happy for you, Carla.